My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does, he, that does, he prunes so that it will bear more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you, just as the branches cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire, and they will be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. By this, this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today we have a little lesson in produce, I guess, if you have to call it. Um, a number of years ago, uh, researchers found that they, in order to get people to eat more grapes, they had to do something about the seeds. You know, biting in them, people didn't like to do that. If you swallowed the seeds, seeds there could be complications. And spitting them out, you just couldn't do that in public, public, uh, public society. So they had to come up with, uh, with something uh, in order to get people to eat more grapes. And you know how they come up with the seedless grape? I'll give you a hint. It's the same way they came up with the seedless orange. <laughs> On the hillsides of Athens, they found a vineyard in which they had these grapes with very little seeds in them. Very tiny, almost you couldn't even notice them. And what they did was, rather than getting rid of that, that vine, they grafted it, and then through experimentation and grafting, no GM, GMOs, no gen genetically modified organisms or crops, they just did it by, by grafting and finding the best combination. And voila, that what you, that's what you get. You go out to the store, you get these large, green Thompson seedless grapes, and everybody loves them, but they come from that, that plant on the hillside. In today's gospel, we have this wonderful image of Jesus as the vine, you know, from which we are the branches, the branches that have been grafted onto him. And Jesus in that, that well, it's like a parable, says that, that we... You know, he gives us life. We're like that. We're like branches who need to be connected to the main vine. But we're supposed to bear fruit. And, you know, the ungrafted, ungrafted branch just withers and dies. You know, if it isn't pruned, it just gets full. It doesn't fulfill its destiny. 
and simply draws life from others. You know, in the end, those kind of branches just don't produce anything. We need to be connected to the vine that is Christ in our lives, just as a branch, he says, cannot bear fruit on his own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. Interestingly enough, we have a really wonderful example of that, how that works in the first reading. There is no better example than St. Paul, or Saul as he's called at the beginning. Paul, uh, in that reading for the Acts of the Apostles, starts off, he was toxic to the early Christians. They were terrified of him. And here he shows up in Jerusalem again. And the last time he was in Jerusalem, he had been hunting down Christians either to kill them or to throw them into prison. But something happened to him on the way. On the way, uh, on the way to Damascus. He was kind of grafted to the vine of Christ, the best way to describe it. Up until that moment, Paul was self-righteous and arrogant. He was absolutely sure he was doing the will of God. He was terribly unforgiving. But on that road to Damascus, you know, he was grafted to Christ. And after that, he had to go through a pruning. He had to go back and, and look at about his life and what he was doing and examine it and approach the people that, that he had been, been persecuting. And ultimately, what happens is, is the self-righteousness that he had was gone. So too was the arrogance that he had. Paul became an extraordinarily forgiving person because of the way that God had forgiven him in his life. And instead of already knowing and being sure of the will of God, Paul began to listen for it and look for evidence of God's will in the world and the people around him. Once Paul, once Paul understood something, he was going to be all right. And that is what John says in that reading. What Christ asks us is for us to love one another as he has commanded us, to let his love flow in us like the sap of a vine. And Paul produced fruit like nobody else in the history of this church. His words of Christ, I am the vine and you are the branches, and whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. How do we hear, and better, how do we live these words in our own lives is very, very important. You know, it's not just a matter of giving lip service to it. St. John says in that second reading, you know, that we should love not in word and speech, but in deed and truth. And he's talking about the self-pruning that needs to go on in our lives. If the love of Christ that we receive is to flow in us and produce the kind of fruit that, we, that God desires, and ultimately that we do as well. You know, we all have something to prove. I don't know if you need a list, but I do at times. You know, swearing, smoking, lying, drinking, cheating, using pornography, the petty larcenies that take place in stores at home and school and the workplace, the gossiping, you know, the places that we frequent that we shouldn't be at. 
how we exploit and demean others. But it's not just about getting rid of those. In its place, something has to be produced. And it's, at, it's about taking care of ourselves and speaking words of truth. Not just, re, you know, not speaking lies. It's about sharing and giving and being at the right place and looking at the right things and being honest and being chaste, being fair and just. And I want to say, just to add this, it's so important in our world because we have so many examples of people acting otherwise. You know, and there are terrible examples to our children. And, and we, as, as, as Christians, as part of the vine of Christ, you know, not only for the sake of ourselves, but for the sake of everyone, including our children, have to start, you know, demanding not only more of our leaders, but of ourselves, and that's where it begins. The word, these changes that we make can be just as dramatic as they were in St. Paul's life. Um, you know, they're as close to us as the wine that we'll take on our lips today in the Eucharist. We should never forget about the connection all the words of Christ has to the celebration of the Eucharist, the bread of life and the cup of salvation. And in that sacrament, the very life of Christ, the true vine, flows in us. Not just simply as a promise or a symbol, but as a real reality of his life and his reality of his self-sacrificing love in our lives. And it contains that, that, that loving precept that we heard in John's reading today, remain in me as I remain in you. And we should remember that every time we go to communion that we're being grafted onto him and it's time to prune and to change, to produce the kind of fruit that God wishes in our life. So next time you go to communion, remember that. But also remember it the next time you go into your refrigerator and take out one of those large, cold, juicy, seedless grapes. You know, you, know, you want others to only taste in you what you taste there, the sweetness, but the sweetness of Christ within you and not have to bite down or swallow or otherwise spit out the seeds that our failures has left behind us.